Welcome back to the Der Show. I'm in Israel in, in Tel Aviv and um, meeting with a lot of um, Israelis, uh, both ordinary folks and people uh, high up in uh, every branch of the Israeli government. And everybody's asking me the same question. Many of them admire Donald Trump. Uh, many of them know how much he did for Israel, recognizing Jerusalem, recognizing the Golan Heights, and how much he did for the, for the Jewish community, uh, changing the rules relating to um, whether or not anti-Semitism goes along with racism and sexism as prohibited uh, college and university activities. Everybody in Israel that I know of believes that uh, Donald Trump likes Israel and likes the Jewish people. So why did he sit down and have a meal with two of the most notorious anti-Semites in the world today? First, he invited Kanye West. Now, there's no excuse for that. Kanye West had just said, let's go to DEFCOM 3 for the Jewish people. My God, can you make a statement that's more anti-Semitic than that? It was all over the news. There's no way that Donald Trump could say he didn't know that. But nonetheless, he invited Kanye West to his home and had a meal with him, giving him a kind of legitimacy. And then <laughs> to compound the problem, Kanye West brought a friend. The friend he brought is a guy named Nick Fuentes, one of the most overt and notorious anti-Semites. He's a Holocaust denier. He compared Jews being burned to death in ovens with cookies being baked. He is one of these people who was at Charlottesville saying, they will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. He, he's basically a neo-Nazi Klansman. Uh, well, President Trump said he was not aware of that. And I believe him. I believe him. I'm going to give him credit uh, for that, especially because I know Donald Trump, but I know he's not an anti-Semite. I'm going to give him credit uh, for that. I'm also believing that at the lunch or dinner, whatever it was, the meal, um, nobody made any anti-Semitic statements. I, I am confident that if Kanye West had said anything at the meal, anti-Semitic, or if Fuentes had said it, um, former President Trump would have jumped all over them. He is not an anti-Semite. He's lived his life among Jews. Uh, he's trusted Jews. He's, um, I'm not gonna use the cliche, some of his best friends are Jews. I don't know who his best friends are, but he's lived a life in New York City and in Florida. Uh, in Jewish neighborhoods, in Jewish areas, with Jewish employees and, and Jewish customers. So, so nobody's going to persuade me he's an anti-Semite. What, what I think he is, is somebody who is very willing to forgive other people's faults when these folks have said nice things about him. He, he practically said that. He said the reason he invited Kanye West was because he appreciates that Kanye West had said nice things about him uh, on Fox News. And he had. Um, and, and, and that's what President Trump 
is about if you say good things and nice things about him, he'll say nice things about you. And if you attack him, he'll attack you. And there has to be more of a role of kind of nuance there. Uh, and, and I'm not the only one uh, who's criticized him. And it's, you know, I'm reluctant. I have a his former lawyer. I represented him on the floor of the Senate. I represented more the presidency and the Constitution, but I was his lawyer. I was in a lawyer-client relationship with him. Um, but I cannot remain silent in the face of anti-Semitism, um, toleration of anti-Semitism. I mean, this is what President Trump previously said. He said, we must never ignore the vile power of anti-Semitism or those who spread its venomous, venomous creed or those who spread its venomous creed. We must not ignore that. That means you don't invite them to dinner. You don't invite to dinner people who have spread this venomous creed of anti-Semitism. And I'm not the only one who has been outraged by this. David Friedman who was his bankruptcy lawyer for forever, who was one of his closest advisors, who was his ambassador to Israel, where he did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. I nominated him for the Nobel Peace Prize for his role in the Abraham Accords. He could not sit silently. He said to his friend and, 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 and former boss, you're better than that, and you shouldn't be saying things like that. Or take the American Zionist Organization, the oldest Zionist organization in America. Just a couple of weeks ago, that organization honored Donald Trump with its highest honor, an honor given to people like David Ben-Gurion and Golda Meir and various presidents of the United States. They honored Donald Trump. And now the same organization has justifiably condemned him and again wondered out loud, why? And I'm asked that question now in Israel. People don't understand. I think partially because people don't understand Donald Trump. They don't understand how he can do great things for Israel, great things for the Jewish community, and then reward somebody who shouldn't be rewarded because that person said nice things about him on television. I wish he hadn't done it. And I think he has an opportunity now, in addition to just making the excuse that he didn't know uh, who Fuentes was, um, he has to now go out of his way to apologize to the Jewish people. Apology is very hard for Donald Trump, but he has to do it. And he has to condemn Kanye West's anti-Semitism and obviously condemn and disassociate himself from uh, Nick's Fuentes uh, anti-Semitism. This is particularly important today. Why? Because we're seeing an incredible increase in anti-Semitism. You know, I grew up with anti-Semitism. You know the story. I have to brag a little to make the point. I was first in my class at Yale Law School. I was editor-in-chief of the Yale Law Journal. I was a Supreme Court law clerk, and yet I couldn't get a job or even an interview with any major Wall Street firm. One Wall Street firm interviewed me and didn't hire me. 
that was blatant anti-Semitism. Um, and, and, and that was the way law firms operated. When I grew up, you couldn't get a job in many banking companies and many other companies. In fact, one of the reasons why companies like Goldman Sachs will form was because Jews couldn't get a job in, 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 in commercial banking. So they essentially uh, moved to investment banking where they, where they could. So I know anti-Semitism when I, when I see it. There were neighborhoods in New York, one called Tuxedo Park, where Jews couldn't live. They were not allowed to live there. Chief Justice Rehnquist uh, had a restrictive covenant in his home, his vacation home, which forbade him from selling his house to, to Jews. So I know anti-Semitism when I see it. And that ended uh, when my son graduated Yale Law School, the same school I graduated from, um, with similarly good grades. He was offered jobs in every firm he applied to. Uh, in the 23 or four years between our law school graduations, everything changed. Anti-Semitism and law firms was a thing of the past. Um, by the way, along with anti-Semitism in the past, there was anti-feminism, there was anti-gay, anti-black. Law firms back in the day were apartheid, white, Protestant. They were anti-Catholic attitudes as much as anti-Jewish attitudes. So it was a kind of a wasp Brahmin in Boston, um, exclusive club. And, and Jews and Catholics need not apply. Women need not apply. Gays need not apply. Blacks need not apply. That ended. But now we're seeing a resurgence of anti-Semitism, particularly on the hard left, particularly on college and university campuses. Oh, it calls itself anti-Zionism, but that's just a cover. It's anti-Semitism, even though some of the people who practice it are Jews all through history. They've been Jewish anti-Semites. Um, and uh, some of the leading anti-Semites today are Jewish, Norman Finkelstein, uh, uh, a guy named Atzmon in England, um, others, Holocaust deniers, uh, and the like. So it's not surprising that there are Jewish uh, anti-Semites. Um, but we're seeing an increase in anti-Semitism, particularly on the left, but also on the right. I mean, on the right, it takes the ten it tends to take the form of violence. Um, you know, the shooting at the Tree of Life synagogue, um, horrible, horrible event. Um, uh, other shootings of, uh, of Jews attacks on Jews all the time in, in Brooklyn, um, Hasidic Jews particularly, who are visibly uh, Jewish because they wear uh, kippah and uh, often have payas and, and, and are obviously visibly uh, Jewish. So we're seeing an incredible increase in anti-Semitism. The ADL, the Anti-Defamation League documents this. And uh, every year, it shows the number of anti-Semitic incidents. And that doesn't even count the number that I get every year. I probably get 500 anti-Semitic emails, letters, phone calls in the middle of the night um, calling me a dirty Jew. Um, and um, so we're seeing this increase in anti-Semitism. And it's so important that a national leader and Trump is a national leader. He's announced that he's running for president of the United States on the Republican ticket. He has to first win the primaries and the nomination, but I think 
he probably will, certainly has a very good chance of doing that. So he is the leader of one of the great political parties in America, and he should not be sitting down and having a meal with these anti-Semites. Now, okay, I'm going to issue a challenge to my listeners and viewers. Some of you are, um, very few of you, are uh, no Trump at any cost, anything but Trump. But some of you out there are, Trump is always right. He's never wrong. Trump, Trump, Trump. I challenge any of you who are Trump at any cost supporters to justify Trump sitting down and having a meal with Kanye West and with uh, this other thug, Nick Fuentes. You can't do it. There's no way of doing that. And if you do it, then you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. And, and, and so, you know, I, I, I hope we won't see uh, a movement um, by Trump supporters to try to justify uh, what he did. What he did was simply wrong. That doesn't mean he's a bad person. That doesn't mean he's an anti-Semite. He's not an anti-Semite. I can guarantee you that. But he's somebody who has violated his own statements. Remember again, we must never ignore the vile poison of anti-Semitism or those who spread its venomous creed. But he did that. He ignored it. He ignored it because Kanye West had said nice things about him on Tucker Carlson. And he said, I appreciate the fact. All right, write him a little note. Say, thank you for your saying nice things about me. By the way, what you said about DEFCON 3 killing the Jews, unacceptable. But I appreciate what you said about me on Tucker Carlson. All right, do that. I wouldn't have even done that. I would have no association whatsoever with anybody who expressed the vile views that um, that uh, Kanye West had expressed. And that wasn't the only thing, DEFCON. He talked about, you know, Jewish people running everything and, 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 and Blacks are victims of Jews um, because they wear Ralph Lauren shirts. I mean, my God, Ralph Lauren shirts. So that's... That's the reason why, uh, why, why, why Jews uh, subjugate blacks. By the way, speaking of Ralph Lauren, I played basketball against him. His name was Ralphie Lipschitz. He went to Manhattan Talmudical Academy, and I went to Brooklyn Talmudical Academy. We were both varsity basketball players, and uh, we played the championship game in Madison Square Garden. They won. We lost. But Ralphie Lipschitz was on their team. I still have the program. Uh, we were the preliminary game to a New York Knickerbocker Syracuse Nationals game. And I shared a locker uh, with Dolph Shays, who was uh, a great uh, college and professional player, whose son, of course, also became a top NBA, a top NBA player. That's just a parenthetical. But he changed his name to Ralph Lauren. But you know, he's not exploiting black people. I wear a Ralph Lauren shirt occasionally as well. I don't find myself exploited as a result of that. But Kanye West invoked every anti-Semitic stereotype 
from the protocols of the elders of Zion about Jewish control and Jewish exploitation and Jewish this and that. DEFCON 3, come on. Uh, President Trump, you knew about that. If you didn't know about it, you're the former president of the United States. You have a staff, you have advisors. Look it up. Before you have dinner with somebody, check it out. Make sure that these are not people who, who uh, are vile, in your own words. These are not people who spread the venomous creed. And that's what these folks are doing. You're better than that. I agree with um, David Friedman, who's a, who's a great guy. Um, you know, when President Trump runs for office, uh, again, people are going to have to make a judgment. And that judgment will entail everything. You don't judge a person on the basis of one episode. I, I agree with that. Um, there are going to be Jews who will vote for him. I understand that. He was really good for Israel. He really did recognize Jerusalem. He really did recognize the Golan Heights. In fact, I talked to him uh, about uh, some of those uh, things. Um, and he was extremely receptive. I spoke at the White House when he changed the rules regarding um, anti-Semitism on college campuses. I called it a game changer. I was standing right next to him. Um, and, and so there are some, some really good things he did. But when you vote for somebody, you, you strike a balance. And this has to be a negative on the scale. I'm sure it's a negative even for people who will vote for him. But it may shift some votes away um, from, from Trump in the primaries. We don't know who's going to run against them. Will Mike Pompeo run? Will Nikki Haley run? Will DeSantis run? We don't know. These are all people who have been very supportive of Israel and very supportive of Jewish of values. And some minds may change as the result of it. Also, some minds may not change. I, I'm not here to tell you to vote for um, I've indicated in the past, you know, I'm a liberal Democrat. I'll vote for who I vote for. But um, I, I, I'm just so disappointed and so upset. And, and uh, although lawyers are not supposed to speak ill of their former clients, I know that. But, uh, but I can't remain silent in the face of um, tolerance and ignoring of vile anti-Semitism. And so I'm speaking out and I'm asking Donald Trump, please apologize and please specifically condemn the two people you had a meal with and promise the world, not just the Jewish community, everybody, that you won't do that again, that you will check and make sure that the people you have a meal with are not racist, sexist, homophobes, anti-Semites, you can't legitimate that kind of thing and you can't justify it, even if you owe somebody something because they said nice things about you. So it's something that will be on the balance of factors in the minds of many people. Many will still vote for him. Many will say that, all right, that's a negative, but there are so many positives. I'm still going to vote for him. That's an understandable position. What is not understandable is not to condemn this. And so I feel I have a responsibility as somebody who's fought against anti-Semitism, who was a victim of anti-Semitism, who is still a victim of anti-Semitism. Just read my emails. Um, 
I can't remain silent in the face of what President Trump did. And so I hope those of you who write me will agree with me. But if you don't, I'd like to hear how you can justify. I'm not saying I'm asking you, would you vote against him for that? That's not my question. My question is, can you justify his act of particularly knowingly inviting to a meal Kanye West after knowing, and he had to know that, what Kanye West actually said about Jews? And then why didn't he check on Kanye West's friend? And why did he allow so vile an anti-Semite as Fuentes to, to join him at, at, a, at a dinner a table? So I feel strongly about this, and, um, and, and I hope you will too. Okay, let's turn to some letters. Okay. When is the last time a Republican Congress, when after a sitting president or a retired president, how much longer are you going to support Democrats who act like this? Where is your morality? Well, let me tell you. In August and September and October of 2016, when it looked like Hillary Clinton was going to be elected president of the United States, Republicans several Republicans, important Republicans, said they would impeach her as soon as she took office, even before she took office. So what I worried about so much when I defended President Trump on the floor of the Senate is exactly that. The Republicans will do the same thing. Don't count on any party to be above, to put to put principle of a partnership. Look at what the Republicans did with with uh, Garland, with Merrick Garland. He was nominated to the Supreme Court. He was eminently well qualified. He was a very good judge in the Court of Appeals. And the Republicans just lied. And they said, we won't give him a hearing because we believe as a matter of principle that nobody should be nominated to the Supreme Court if they uh, are within a year of the presidential election. All right, that's a principle. I can understand that principle. It's a wrong principle, but it's a principle. But then <laughs> comes along Justice Barrett. She gets nominated just days before the 2016 election and the Republicans whisk her through. That's not principle. So don't lecture me about how good the Republicans are or how bad the Democrats are. There's plenty of good on both sides and there's plenty of bad on both sides. Okay, so this is one that's a little, maybe you can help me understand it. Dershowitz really is the goat, G-O-A-T. Now that's a double entendre. I know goat means also greatest of all time. That would be very nice if somebody said about me, it isn't true, but it would be very nice if somebody said it about me. But goat also means somebody who's kind of falsely blamed for things, he's the goat. Um, so I guess uh, I, I probably fit that category more than I fit the greatest of all time. But if you meant the greatest of all time, thank you. It, by the way, even if you said I'm the greatest of all time, and if you expressed anti-Semitic views, I'm not having lunch with you. I don't care how many nice things you say about me. I'm not having lunch with an anti-Semite. Okay. Um, Alan, the justice of man is no justice. The justice of God is the only true righteousness available. Let me tell you an interesting story. So there's a 
story about a great Hasidic rabbi in Poland who had a reputation of never saying anything bad about anybody or anything, only positive things. One day his students wanted to test them. And they said, say something good about atheists. The rabbi didn't even pause for a second. He said, students, you should be an atheist at certain points in your life. The students were shocked. He's a rabbi, you should be an atheist. They asked him, when should we be an atheist? And the rabbi said, if you see a hungry person on the street begging for money, don't ever say God will save that person. Act as if there is no God and that you're the only person in the world who can save that person from starvation. So, you know, is God's justice righteous? Um, I guess we'll never know the answer to that question. But um, we aspire to righteousness. The great story in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, about Abraham's encounter with God, where he condemns God and says, How dare you, God, the judge of all the world, won't do justice? You're going to sweep away the innocent people of Saddam along with the guilty? So there you have Abraham challenging God's justice and winning the debate with him, uh, which is really a fascinating uh, religious uh, 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 story in the Bible showing that human beings can challenge even God's righteousness and justification. Okay, this is a good question. Can Congress pass a law requiring people running for president to release their tax returns? Wouldn't that violate the separation of powers and impose a new requirement to be president? It's a really, really good question. The Constitution has three requirements for being president. You have to be 35, you can't be 34 in 11 months. You have to have been born in the United States, which I disagree with, but that's in the Constitution, so I have to accept it. And the third is you can't have fought in the Civil War against the North, um, which Congress ultimately rescinded by giving pardons and accepting people from the South running for office. Those are the only three criteria in the Constitution. So I don't think they could condition running for president on disclosing your tax returns. But what if they did it a little differently? They said, we're not conditioning you running for president. You can run for president. But the law is you have to provide your tax returns. And if you don't, the IRS will. So what if they pass the statute authorizing the IRS to disclose the tax returns of anybody running for president. I think that would pass constitutional muster, but it's a great question. If I were teaching constitutional law, I would be asking the students that, that question. Okay. The practice of seeking a tax return of candidates does more harm than good. It discourages good people from running for office. It also favors those who have worked for the government and have simple taxes over those who have done more complicated activities in the private sector. A smart lawyer once said that all complicated activity involves technical violations of the law. I didn't quite say that. I said that when you're involved in complex activities, it's very often the case that there are some technical violations in the law. But uh, just because tax returns are complex doesn't mean you have a right to cheat on them. So I do think it would be good to require um, disclosure of, of tax returns, something that almost all presidents 
uh, have done. You're absolutely right. It would favor people who have had, you know, just employees, people who just worked, uh, as I did for many, many years as a professor at Harvard. Those are easy tax returns to fill out. It's when you have other sources of income that it becomes difficult. Okay. The Democrats will use the new special prosecutor to stop Trump from becoming president by any means necessary. Look, I think there are people out there, I'm writing a book about this, who will do anything to stop Trump, to get Trump. The problem is that legally, even if a president or a nominee for president were to be indicted or convicted, they could still run for president. Mayor Curley, I think, ran for mayor of Boston from a prison cell. I'm not saying that that's going to happen to Donald Trump, but a special prosecutor could not stop him technically from running for, for president, but certainly could create a significant barrier. Okay, uh, here's a comment about what I said about, remember I disagreed with the ruling that the president's tax return should be disclosed by the IRS. Dershowitz is disagreeing here with 11 judges, uh, nine justices of the United States Supreme Court, and two who handled the case previously. Now, actually, I'm disagreeing with 13 judges because there's a federal district court judge, three judges on the Court of Appeals, and nine justices of the Supreme Court, and they're all wrong. Um, they were all wrong because they accepted at face value the claim of, Cong of Congress, which is laughable, that the reason they wanted Trump's tax returns was because they needed it to determine how they would legislate in the public interest. Nonsense. They just wanted to peek at Trump's tax returns to see if they could find anything wrong with them. Uh, the difference is I'm a realist, and I guess the judges have to take at face value what Congress says. Uh, they're not supposed to be able to look at motive, but I think in the real world, this is gonna prove to be a very dangerous decision and a bad decision. And just like the nine to nothing Clinton decision back in the mid 1990s, I think history will come to show that this is the wrong decision. All right, let's have some more letters for tomorrow. I'll still be in Israel uh, tomorrow and uh, we'll see what's in the news on The Dirt Show.